Hey legends, welcome along to Scheme Me Up Body. I am your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting into Star Trek the original series in this episode. This is Season 1, Episode 16, The Galileo 7. I love this episode because it gives you a little bit of a different perspective on Spock and his personality and what he's willing to do in the heat of the moment to uh, get his crew safely back to the Enterprise. This is basically his first attempt at uh, command, really. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, the Enterprise is en route to Marcus Free to deliver medical supplies that are meant to be going to uh, the new Paris colony. And on the way there, they come close to a formation in space, Quasar-like formation, uh, that is identified as Murasaki 312. And Kirk has standing orders that mean that he has to stop off and study this. And uh, he sends a science team composed of Spock and command of it. Dr. McCoy's with him, Scotty is there too, Yeoman Mears and three other specialists, Boma, Gitano and Latimer, I want to say, like I've maybe mispronounced a couple of those names, I don't think I have, but uh, yeah, they head out in the shuttle, shuttlecraft Galileo to investigate and scan the, uh, the formation, but they're no sooner out of the launch bay of the Enterprise to they had a little bit of trouble and the ship is pulled off, of course they lose control and Spock is doing his best to you know, get an emergency landing on a planet on there. They end up on a planet called Taurus Two and that's you know, your basic alien planet for Star Trek, you know it's all desolate and rock and a lot of mist and fog there and that's dead centre of Mirasaki 312 uh, they're completely cut off when the ship was losing control they were trying to contact the Enterprise to tell them that they were off course but the the communication came in garbled it was just the, too much interference from this quasar formation and Ahura was only getting a few little words here and there. It was just enough for them to realise that the ship was in trouble and it was off course. And the other problem that they have in this is there's a Commissioner Ferris on board the Enterprise. And he's pretty much there to oversee this delivery of medical supplies to the new Paris colony. So he's there throughout the entire episode. He's getting on Kirk's back. You're wasting time checking out this quasar formation. We need to get these supplies there in a hurry for whatever transfer needs to happen on the, the uh, on Marcus Free. Uh, but Kirk says, okay, it's, it's five days out. Uh, it's going to take, well, all together it's going to take five days for the transfer to happen. It's only three days for us to get there, so we've got two days to check out this phenomena. Do, 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 do. 
If you get that reference, you're an absolute legend. Um, yeah, so Kirk is stuck between a rock and a hard place here. He's under orders to check out this stuff if he comes across it and his missions. And he's got this commissioner that's on his back because he wants to get off to get these supplies to where they need to go. And now that they, the Galileo has lost inside the system, and it's flipping huge. Like I believe they compared it to like four solar systems or something, or four planetary systems, or the way Kirk uh, said it. But he's like, um, it's like searching for a needle in a haystack would be child's play compared to the challenges ahead of us to find the ship and the crew. On the surface, crew members, Latimer and Gatano, they're scouting the area and they eventually encounter the native inhabitants of the planet that are giant ape-like creatures. They're flipping huge and it's uh, <laughs> there's a few shots in there where one of the team members gets attacked by one of these creatures later on. It's just like a big guy in a huge fur coat. But... Uh, some creative filming in this episode makes these creatures like very rarely are they there's only that one shot where this creature's coming in to grab this guy but it's a smaller version of what they really should be uh they're like 12 feet tall but uh it doesn't really come off so much whenever you see the an actor and this so-called creature which is a big guy in a uh, fur coat um, coming towards them but any of the other encounters they have with these creatures they're, they're the crew of the Galileo uh, the Starfleet officers are never on screen at the same time as these creatures so you'll see they attack using giant spears and giant shields and at times you'll, you'll see them chucking these Spears at the, the the Enterprise crew, but whenever you cut to the spear landing beside the Enterprise crew, it's a bigger version of the spear that you see the creature thrown originally, and it gives the effect of these things are flipping massive. So it's it's nicely done for its time. Like it's you need to think this episode, the original air date for it was way back in. January the 5th, 1967. So uh, it's tasty. Like I enjoy the original series so much. But uh, yeah, Gitano, Latimer come across these creatures and uh, Latimer is killed by one of the spears and Gitano, he drives the, the other creature away using this phaser. They return to the Galileo when they discover that they, the creatures seem to be Preparing for an organised attack, and despite objections from the others, Spock chooses to... Uh, he tries to use the phasers to... You know, he's Starfleet through and through. He's logical to a fault in this episode. And it's his duty and his mind to... deal with these creatures without the use of physical violence if he can manage it. So he's trying his best to do this and the the forced or the 
the second encounter with the creature. So he, he's using the phaser fire to uh, try and frighten the creatures instead of killing them. And that definitely, as I say, logical to a fault. It's a big miscalculation in this episode. And Gitano was killed in this attack. Back up in the Enterprise, uh, Kirk searches for... He's trying his best to find this shuttle, uh, despite concerns from Commissioner Ferris. You know, as I said, he's just impatient. He's like, we need to get the Marcus free. And he's pretty much there as a human stopwatch in this episode. He's, every time you see him, he's constantly bitching and moaning about the, the time been wasted and you've only got so many hours and whatnot. And he's doing the countdown the way through the episode. Um, Kirk dispatches the, the shuttlecraft Columbus to search the planet from orbit. And search parties are eventually started to be transported to the surface. There's that much interference and whatnot, like the ship sensors, like all their normal ways of trying to find things is just not working in this episode. So it's pretty much like shuttlecrafts beaming people to the surface, but the the interference and whatnot was taking out the transporters and everything and it takes a good part of the episode to they get the transporters working well enough that they can actually send people down to the planet and one of the landing parties returns to the ship with casualties and reports have been attacked by large furry creatures um yeah back on the planet between uh, attacks by the primitive giants and quarrels amongst themselves the crew attempt to make repairs to the shuttle um most of the conventional fuel has been lost and uh they attempt to do like a bypass to use whatever remaining fuel they have you there's a lot of science talk on these shows where it was just um they've written a script um a mate of mine was determined to tell me at one point that a lot of the stuff that happens in this show is so everything is scientifically possible. They'll not put anything in Star Trek it is it can be scientifically done, which is true to a certain extent. But you know, I've watched documentaries and stuff over the years of Star Trek and they very clearly said, and I think it was a documentary on the, the next generation, uh, you know, we've got a script here and they'll get to a certain point, and then there'll be like brackets, and it's like, you know, make it sound sciencey. So they'll just come up with something to the writers, and, uh, you know, they'll come up with a creative way of making it sound scientific, and, you know, something that actually really, really works in the real world, and no matter how far out of uh, the solar system it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they managed to screw up that, uh, whatever the bypass Scotty was trying to do, means they lost the last of their traditional fuel. Um, yeah, Mr. Scott, Scotty himself, he comes up with the idea of adapting the, the phasers to power the ship. Uh, his repairs are eventually successful, but Boma will not leave without given Gitano and Latimer a proper burial. See, one of the big problems they had 
trying to get the ship off the ground again was there was too much excess weight for the fuel that they had there. So they had to get rid of the equivalent of uh, free, fully grown people. So they, you know, they strip out whatever they can from the ship. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that everything that's on board a Federation shuttlecraft is there for a reason. So there's very little that you can get rid of. Uh, there's points in the episode where you know we're going to have to choose to leave three people behind. Uh, there's a lot of fighting between Boma and Spock, and of course, uh, Gitano and Latimer about how much of a robot Spock can be. And Spock's like, you know, I'm the commanding officer, and there's a lot of fighting confrontations about this in the episode and he's adamant that I'm the commander of this mission and if it comes down to it I'll choose logically who'll be left behind and it's it's a real moment for Spock in this episode where he has to really look at his himself in a way that he at this point, hasn't looked at himself before. Now, this will probably change with Strange New Worlds and whatnot. The new shows coming out, we're going to get a... Uh, obviously, at this point, and they're one of the new shows, we're getting a, a bit of more of a an emotional spark. He's not as just... He's not just as buttoned up, let's just say, as the original spark. But... Uh, for now, and the timeline of the original series, this seems to be the first time where he's really confronted with, is my logic going to fail me in this mission? So I love the episode for that. Um, yeah, so this guy, Boma, wants to give a proper burial to Gitano and Latimer. Um, Spock didn't, well, him been the commanding officer, you know, they put it to him that he had to, in his role of a commander, he has to be the one to speak some words over the burial. And he kind of avoids doing it earlier in the episode because uh, logically he should be there trying to get the ship sorted to get off the planet. But, you know, throughout the episode, eventually Spock starts to... Uh, come around a little bit. You know, he goes off on his own at one point to find one of the, the members and bring his body back. Uh, at the Coming up towards the end of the episode, uh, with the burial of these guys, Spock, you know, he advises against it, but uh, Boma, he's, you know, really on his face about it. And Spock responds by allowing the funeral and during the ceremony you don't get to see much of that like they're just at one point they're outside the ship and they're about to get these guys planted <laughs> the creatures attack again and Spock is pinned down by a boulder and he's ordering them to leave at this point trying to get the ship off the ground off you go uh, McCoy and Boma run out to free him despite all their differences in the episodes Boma puts his Safe, as one safety to the side to help Spock. As much as they disagree, they're still 
Federation members at the end of the day, shipmates, and they'll look after themselves. Um, yes, Spock manages to get the Galileo off the ground by using the shuttle's boosters. Um, there's a moment earlier too, I should say, where he used the the shuttle's power cells to uh, electrify the outside of the ship. These creatures were attacking the ship and they managed to use some of the power to uh, not hurt them, but drive them off once more. But coming up towards the end here, they get into a real fix when he's forced to use the boosters to get the ship off the ground. And now it has, next to near, no fuel to escape the planet's gravity and or even get to a stable orbit. So they're eventually they're going to get up there in the hopes that the Enterprise might find them. But uh, as they're taking off, as they get up to like a as best an orbit as they can, Spock realizes that the Enterprise will be underway at this point. And he's accurate that their time has run out. The commissioner is forced Kirk to leave them behind at the end of the episode. And Kirk does obey those orders, but uh, he leaves at just a nice little pace. He's not going to warp or anything. He's just, a, you know, just way to there, like impulse power, and uh, to give himself more time, essentially, to keep an eye on the planet for as long as he can. So as they're in orbit, uh, have an extra near no fuel, uh, uh, still no way to contact the Enterprise, Spock suddenly, in a moment that's completely the last thing you expect from Spock in this episode, he hits the switch to dump the fuel and he ignites it and the rest of the crew are looking at him like he's gone crazy and... Uh, McCoy is like having a moment to himself. Uh, he's like, I've, I've loved long enough to see Spock doing something completely human, more or less. Um, what Spock has done in this moment is dumping the fuel and igniting it. He has pretty much turned the, the shuttlecraft into a flare, which is seen by the Enterprise and Spock orders a reverse course and just as they at this point they think all hope is lost on board the shuttle uh, Spock has rolled the, the last roll of the dice that he'd probably ever roll like they're facing death at any second because of the, their orbit is now starting to decay and the ship is starting to turn into a fireball as the Enterprise turns up. Thankfully, of course, they now have the the transporters working, so they manage to beam the survivors back to the Enterprise, the five surviving members. And at the end of the episode, uh, Kirk questions Spock, trying to get him to admit that his final action was motivated by emotion rather than logic. But uh, Spock pretty much refuses to uh, admit to that but uh, Kirk says Mr Spock you're a stubborn man 
and uh, Spock. There's no problem agreeing to that. Um, the, the end of the episode is pretty much the, the whole of the bridge crew bursting out into laughter and it sort of ends off on a very, very cheesy note with that last scene. Um, nice little bit of humour there with Kirk and McCoy getting in and trying to give Spock a hard time because of how logical it normally is and he went to uh, just a place of complete desperation in the last moment there and dumped the fuel and fired it up so it was it was highly emotional but of course he's not going to admit to that but the, uh, the laughing at the end of the episode was a little bit over the top but uh, it's a tasty show. It's a great show. I absolutely love the original series of Star Trek. I'm dying to let her, to get on and do these podcasts on a regular basis of the show. Like, pretty much, like I don't think there's a, an episode of the original series that I haven't seen. But... Uh, I grew up watching it in reruns and whatnot, and of course it's been online for ages now. And every time there's a channel here in the UK, Legend, that's actually showing the original series at the moment, along with well, the next generation, a lot of the, the the older, well, the later shows have been shown as well. So, you know, pretty much every time I turn on the television, chances are Star Trek will be on there, so I've seen... Every episode, I'm pretty sure. I don't think there's anything I've ever missed in the original series. But uh, one show that I know, as far as the classic stuff goes, that I haven't seen every episode of, and probably about 30% of them, that is Star Trek, the animated series that came out, you know, like a follow-up to the original series. So that box set sitting right here in front of me now I'm dying to get into that there but it's going to be a while because you know, it's one episode a week essentially that we're doing here for this, each series that we're working on at the moment so uh, it's going to take quite a bit of time to get there but as I've said before uh, I'm in here for the long haul and you know it's going to take years probably there's no probably about it at this point. Even at three episodes a week, it's going to take years to get through all the Star Trek that's out there. And I'm loving it. And eventually, this series will, or this podcast will, venture away from Star Trek. Whenever we uh, manage to exhaust every episode ever made of Star Trek... We're going to branch out into all our science fiction shows, so I don't intend to finish this podcast anytime soon. There may be big breaks here and there due to a bit of burnout, but um, and it's happened a couple of times. Uh, that's why there wasn't many episodes up here for a few months, uh, spinning too many plates at the one time. And when you do that shit, that's only a matter of time before. If you don't take the breaks you need to take and the rest you need to take, it's only a matter of time before your body decides, right, here, numb nuts, I'm going to shut your body down for you and uh, force you to get a bit of rest. So, tasty, tasty little episode of Star Trek. Absolutely adored. Next podcast up, 
Uh, we'll be back to season one of Picard. And then, of course, we'll be bouncing off Discovery one more time. And then the original series one more time. So we're uh, two episodes of the new shows in a week. And one episode of the classic shows in the week. Uh, yeah, it is what it is, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Until the next one, stay safe and I'll talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.